0: The science of on The Money Show. It's the science of Transnet this evening. It's a state-owned company, an SOC as they called It is probably uh, the, the most successfully run state-owned company at the moment. It is a company that is borrowing money on the open market. It is a company that is investing that money in new rolling stock. It is uh, buying locomotives. It is building carriages uh, and, and uh, wagons in Port Elizabeth. It is expanding its reach on South Africa's rail network, much neglected for, for decades now. Um, it, it owns the pipe network, for example, that runs from Durban to Johannesburg that brings much of the fuel required in Gauteng up from Durban. It owns the ports as well. It, it owns Portnet. Uh, Brian Molefe is the chief executive. Have I just about covered it? What have I missed, Brian? Uh, no,
1: uh, engineering, the engine transit engineering, which does the maintenance of the locomotives and builds um, Waggons and uh, trains. So it's basically an amalgamation
0: of all the old nets, the spur net, the port net, and all of those sorts of old businesses.
1: Yes, yes. But uh, it has changed somewhat from what it used to be, say, 15 years ago. Because, remember, it was just um, uh, all the transport, uh, including South African Airways, including Translux, which was the buses, uh, and so on. But at the moment, all the passenger air and and Prasa as well, which… uh, was a metro rail, uh, but all the uh, entities that have got to do with uh, passengers, moving passengers, have been taken out of Transnet except the blue train. But it's just one train,
0: uh, why is that? I mean, it seems like an anomaly. I know Prasa desperately wants to get hold of the blue train, but no, they don't want it because it they? was it wasn't profitable. Uh, it was well until
1: recently, but okay. uh, it wasn't so. Um, so they they felt you know they need to be profitable. So well, why when, why when is
0: the blue train still held within uh, within Transnet? It's a heritage uh, train.
1: Um, it was built in the 30s and uh, it was something to, to do. This uh, some, it's got cultural things in terms of rail and so on. People come from rail enthusiasts from all over the oh, world. Absolutely. Come and um, go into this uh, train which has their old world charm uh, and they travel from.
0: Uh, is that uh, how you get between Joburg and Cape Town, just jump onto the blue train, 24 oh, hours of absolute luxury or not?
1: Some people, uh, some people, you can do that. It takes about 27 hours uh,
0: to get to Cape and Town. And about 27,000 rand. Uh, about 19. Okay. okay. <laughs> 1,000 rand an hour, close to 750 rand an hour to get to yeah. Cape Town. Yes. Um, SAA is still cheaper. Uh, but, but so so that, that's the only anomaly. Otherwise, it is South Africa's, the backbone of South Africa's industrial heartland and industrial carrier. Isn't it is it? indeed. It is indeed. Uh, it's almost the, the failure of Transnet in its previous guise where uh, road transport took over. And Transnet gets a lot of flack because of the, the failure of the rail network to keep up with... South Africa's rapid growth over the last twenty years. Are you you at the moment playing rapid catch-up in that particular? We are indeed playing
1: rapid catch-up over the last uh, three years. uh, Containers and uh, uh, vehicles on trains uh, have been increasing by about twenty-five percent every year for three years solid, which means that we are catching up on our market share of uh, goods that can be put on rail, especially general freight. Uh, which is containers and uh, vehicles. But uh, we've also increased the transportation of coal from the uh, uh, coal fields to the port of Richards Bay as well as to ESCOM. The... We carry more manganese from Sishen
0: to Saldana, um, and uh, that Sishen line has been massively successful. There's it is the, indeed. there's a criticism on the SMS line this evening, uh, which talks about uh, when when Eskom and government complain about coal exports, they want to declare it a strategic resource, allied to the fact that the current Richards Bay coal terminal is underutilized due to Transnet inefficiencies. I want you to comment on that. Please ask Brian how Transnet can justify planning a new multi-billion rand coal terminal next to the existing one let's do the inefficiencies that he complains about i beg to differ um
1: the, uh, in the last two years uh, we have uh, increased our capacity to transport coal to richards bay in fact at the moment we run um, 37 trains a day 100 wagon trains to richards bay the 3700 wagons of coal, go, of to coal, richards bay coal terminal. go to richards bay coal terminal and uh, it's still not enough uh, um, because there is a demand for to transport coal to Richards Bay Coal Terminal, um, so the um, the they, Richards Bay Coal Terminal claimed that they have capacity of up to ninety one million tons. But about two years ago, when I got into the job and and uh, Mr. Gamma came back, and uh, we uh, they, we started uh, fixing the operations in the coal line and started having more trains going to Richards Bay. Uh, there was uh, almost a, a uh, blockade of Richards Bay because of the coal that was there yeah. uh, that could not be handled. But I think at the time it was because RBCT had not anticipated or did not believe us when we said we'll bring more coal there. Yeah. But at the moment, we're running about 37 uh, trains per annum. Last month, uh, we broke... 37 re- trains per day? Per, per day. day, sorry, sorry, okay. per day. Uh, last month, we broke the record and delivered 19 million tonnes in, in one month. To richards bay that has never been done before so the uh, h- h-
0: h- hence your desire then to build another coal terminal next door does that then put you in competition with the richards bay coal now, Terminal? The desire,
1: how does that work the desire was born out of a completely different issue which is the allocation for small black miners at richards bay coal terminal which has been concessioned to some industry players Uh, who have said that, uh, um, you know, they need to make money as well and our demands on them to increase the B allocation at the mine uh, are not sustainable for their businesses. So we said, okay, that's fine. That's not a problem. We'll build another terminal next door. But then they didn't like that as well.
0: Uh, Okay, so is the terminal going ahead?
1: Uh, we are under discussions now um, with the possibility of saying we'll develop it together, or we'll see how we can increase the capacity of RBCT together to to accommodate uh, the small miners that we talked about.
0: Is said it all involved in in Kucha? Because um, the KUKA development is also an attempt to try and get yes. industrial South Africa diversified and spread out across the country and to try and get the ports working differently.
1: KUKA is our pre- is yours, premier, yeah. tran- uh, premier uh, uh, transshipment uh, port uh, where we mainly receive uh, transshipments from the South Americas and fr- from the Americas that are going to the east and the uh, containers uh, that are coming from the east to the west. Because
0: that's been, a, it feels like a 20-year project. I don't know how long it's been going on for, but it's always felt very isolated when you drive from Port Elizabeth and you yes, go down the yes. coast road towards Port Alfred and towards yeah. East London. But now now it is very, very
1: active. Okay. Uh, in the last, uh, I think last year, during last year, we received uh, more cranes for Kuha. We finished the paving, uh, the the back-of-port uh, or the uh, port equipment has been upgraded. Uh, the RTG is there. Uh, uh, more What's RTG? an RTG? Uh, rubber-tired gantry. Oh, okay. All it's right. a thing that carries the container All from... Right. Uh, Got you. Yes, yes. As soon as you talk
0: about gantries, I understand. RTGs gantries have also got a bad uh, a bad reputation in Joburg uh, <laughs> uh, because of, uh, because of the e-tolls. Yeah. Um, Neville in Boxberg, a question for Brian Moulef here this evening. Good evening to you, Neville. Good evening, Brian. Good evening, Brian, sir. My question is, or first of all, a statement: If I travel to Durban or back from Durban on the on the freeway or the motorway, there are dozens of trucks which are travelling, on, I think from Rust they originate in Rustenburg going to Durban full of ore. Yes. I guess it's chrome ore. Yes. Two things. They're destroying the roads. So that core ore should be on the railways. Why are you not doing that?
1: There we go. Thanks, uh, Neville and Boxberg. Good point. Couldn't agree with you more. And that is precisely why we are talking about the strategy for road to, uh, road to rail migration um the all from Rustenberg some of it travels on the road the containers travel on the road and I'll, I'll be honest with you and tell you what the problem was the problem was that uh, when transnet was making losses we didn't make the investments in capital yeah. expenditure our 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 locomotives are on average 32 years old and so they became unreliable they broke down very frequently and our customers uh, could not rely on uh, the trains to
0: transport Is it possible to change the trend because South Africa has become a a hub of road transport? There are big trucks everywhere transporting everything that could so easily go on rail. As you may be aware, and as I have come onto the show before
1: to talk about this, we bought recently 1,000 new locomotives, Mm -hmm. 1,064 locomotives. That was supposed to be delivered over five years, but will be delivered over three years. We bought another 95 last year and the year before we bought 140. So we are renewing our fleet completely. With the spending of the 300 billion rand on capital expenditure, uh, we are going to buy for the railways uh, an additional 22,500 wagons. So we think that we are catching up with the migration of road to rail and that the new equipment when it comes into service will be able to remove most of these trucks.
0: Lots coming through this evening. Why Awesome Khalisi Bob is translate failing to absorb the largest majority of technically qualified graduates from FATs as it stifles growth.
1: We have been actually absorbing artisans, technicians, and so on. We're training uh three thousand artisans at the moment are in training. Uh, about 500 technicians are in training, engineering graduates. It is just not going to be possible to absorb every single person that qualifies from an FET college or from a technical college. But we try to, uh, we are doing our bit to bring in people uh, to come and uh, help. Um, In the purchase of the 1064 locomotives, we have said those locomotives will be built in South Africa.
0: So, General Electric, uh, the Bombardier people, the Canadians, the Americans, they will come here to build and upskill and to create the jobs.
1: Exactly. And uh, the locals will be built at the Transnet Engineering's. facilities, and we will employ more people to come and work in the building of those 1,000 locomotives.
0: Because the old South African railways in those days was uh, sort of the National Party's idea of creating jobs. Um, and, and, and created tens of thousands of jobs in Indeed. its day. Indeed. I mean, uh, yeah. In fact, what we're trying to do now is to bring back the
1: industrialization of the rail uh, industry. Uh, the uh, Introducing manufacturing in rail. We already manufacture Wagons, we already manufacture, and and we are an original equipment manufacturer for wagons. And we are now trying to become an original equipment uh, manufacturer for locomotives
0: as well. Uh, And lots of of issues coming through this evening, um, including Tokozani and Mpumalanga. Quick question, please, for Brian Molefe this evening.
1: Yes, Brian, how are you? I'm okay, how are you, Tokozani? i um, very well, sir. Uh, listen, man, I just have a quick question, man, with regards to your I mean, procurement. Uh, because I know that um, ISCOM has been radical in terms of uh, implementation of uh, I mean, Section 21F of the Triple BFA. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to transit, we are not seeing enough of, of the implementation of, uh, of of that section of the triple b in order to enable you know emerging SMEs
0: to participate in the procurement. Great and question, then, Tokozani. Sorry, I'm short of time. Bong, Bongi on line one also. I think has got a similar point. Why? Is, what does is transit do to help small business owners succeed? Are you dropping the ball where Eskom seems to be succeeding in the view of Tokozani this evening?
1: Well, I mean, I can say that uh, our triple B is banned in terms of the DTI codes in the last year, was about 95% of total spend. Um, but that is the DTI codes. Uh, so uh, 95% was spent uh, on triple B E or companies Are you doing that, enough? that qualify. Um, at 95%, uh, I'm sure we
0: can go on to about 99% or 100%. Okay. Yeah, but, well, uh, and, then, and then another issue coming through very strongly on the SMS line. George, a quick point, please, on Transnet pensioners.
1: Uh, Evening, uh, Brian.
0: Good evening, sir. Um,
1: There's a court case pending against Transnet. There's 70,000 pensioners that are going to claim 80 billion rand from Transnet. Will Transnet make an out-of-court settlement? No, I think that... George, thank you for your question. I think that 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 case is frivolous. Uh, And in fact, I think that uh, people launched that court case hoping that there will be an out-of-court settlement. At this moment, I don't see prospects of uh, Transit pensioners of seem
0: to get a raw deal, though, because whenever I talk to you, the SMS has come through saying you've only given us 1% or 2% increase in our pensions. Why do transit pensions get robbed? We Bruce, can't survive on the me, pensions. Let
1: me explain to you that the, the pension fund that we're talking about is a defined benefit mm-hmm. pension fund. Defined benefits has benefits that are defined. In terms of the rules of the pension fund, the growth in the... Uh, pensions would be 2%, and that is legislated. And that is what we have been paying in terms of the defined pension. It's benefits. a vicious
0: and brutal reality of the, the structure of, of the, the scheme when it was set up. But yeah. over and above the 2%
1: increases, we have as a company been paying bonuses over and above the 2%. For example, this year, in that, April, yeah. we paid 170 million.
0: But what does that translate to per pensioner? 50 bucks a month? 100 bucks a month?
1: Uh, I'm not sure because it's a small uh, amount. Yeah, let me tell you why it is a complicated matter. Actually, it's not as easy as it looks. Fact of the matter is that um, the rules also said that when you work for Transnet, um, when you die, your wife gets the benefit. Yeah. And when she dies, your children also get the benefits. So, a lot of the beneficiaries that we're talking about that are actually launching this court case are, in fact, it's what killed the American car industry. Yes, yes. There are, yeah. in fact, the children of the original. But let me tell you something also that people forget all the time, that black employees were not considered as employees, so they do not get these benefits. Mm-hmm. We have only tried to in- look for the widows and the other black employees that uh, to come up so that we can also include them in this ex-post, so after the fact. so And that is why this matter is only being covered in the report. and Rapport. Uh, it's precisely because uh, of the nature
0: of its history. There we go. Brian Moleff, I wish we had more time to chat because there are lots of issues coming through. We will talk, uh, no doubt, around results time and other stories as well. Brian Moleff, thanks very much for coming in this evening. The science of Transnet, or at least a snippet of the science of Transnet. We haven't covered all the ground we needed to, but there's always so much to talk about when it comes to Transnet. Thank you.